Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirman Dafyom. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're now in Masachet Bava Kama Dafayin Bet Amud Bet at the third Mishnah of the second of the seventh parak, dealing again with Tvicha Umachira. In the second Mishnah, as you recall, we dealt with nine different cases. We would have reason to believe that you would not be liable for Arba Bachamisha, nonetheless you are. In this case, we're going to focus on, in this Mishnah, we're going to focus on the issue of Edim Zomin, as they particularly affect Edut of Tvicha Umachira. Ganava Pishnaim Metavacha Machal Pien. So let's say there's two witnesses that testify both to the Gneva and the Tvicha Umachira. Venimsu Zomin, they turn out to be Zomin. They have to pay the Arba Bachamisha. Because they have to pay, of course, what they were trying to obligate you to pay. Now, but let's say that there were two different sets of witnesses. The rest of the Mishnah will deal with that circumstance. There's two witnesses to the Geneva, two or more, and then there's a different set of witnesses to either the slaughtering or the selling. If they all turn out to be Zomin, and what happens? The witnesses of the Geneva have to pay Kefal, because that's what they were trying to make you lose. The rest have to pay, make you, are, have to pay either three or actually two times. In other words, whatever surplus there is beyond Kefal that you would have had to pay for the Tzvichel Mechira. Now, what if only the last set was found to be Zomin, which means the testimony that you stole the animal stands. So you have to pay Kefal. They have to pay you, not the victim, but they have to pay you the surplus, which is either two or three times. Now, let's say one of the two witnesses of the Tvicha turns out to be Zomim. They hold that a testimony is shot because if one aid is nullified from a group, the whole group falls apart. You can't call them any Zomim because they all have to be Muzan. Let's say that one of the Edim of Gneva is Zomem, but everything falls apart. Why? Without testimony to Gneva, you don't have testimony to Tvicha and Mechira, because even though someone may testify that I either sold or slaughtered this animal, who's to say it wasn't mine to sell or slaughter? So without Edud Gneva, there's nothing there. Okay, this is a famous Machloket coming up. Itmar. Eid Zomem. Uh, status of an aid zone. He says he is now that we have been mazimim, we now uh, retroactively nullify any testimony he's given from the date of that faulty testimony that we've now discovered to be edut uh, muzemet. Rav Rav says no, it's only from the point where you're mazimim. So let's say as an example, two witnesses came on the first of Nisan and testified to a particular thing. Uh, on the first of ER, um, other witnesses came and said, how could you have testified on the first of Nisan that you were with us at the time? Then according to Abaye, any testimony they gave from Rosh Chodesh Nisan on is null. According to Rava, only from this point on is it null. Okay, now let's see. Abaye, after all, the Torah determines that this aid, this first aid, the first set of aidim, who have testified, have been deemed to be lying based on the testimony of Imanu Hayitam of the second witnesses. And therefore, that means that they, when they testified falsely, they were doing an act of Rish'ut. You're not allowed to have an Eid Rasha, which means that going back to the point in time that we know them to be Rishayim, any testimony they gave from that time is no good. 
Rava argues and uh, disagrees, and his argument is that your the testimony is only invalidated from this point on because the whole notion of an Eidzomem is something which is a chidush and is not something that follows automatically. Why? The hatreo training. Think about this. You got two witnesses coming to say that somebody killed somebody else, and another two witnesses coming and saying you were with us at the time. Why are you believing the second two witnesses? Uh, why don't you believe the first two witnesses and say the guy's guilty and these two witnesses are liars? But the Torah said you believe the last two witnesses. So therefore, since the testimony of the second one being accepted to invalidate the uh, the testimony of the first ones and identify them as conspiring witnesses is a chiddush, I can only invalidate them from the point of that chiddush on, which is when I accepted the second testimony. Okay, good. Ikadamri, there's another version that says, Rava nami kabaya Essentially, Rava agrees with Abaye, and says that we ha- really should nullify any testimony they gave back from the time that they gave it. But Rava's reason for saying, in practice, we only invalidate them from the moment that we discovered their corruption their, their uh, conspiracy, so as not to make people lose the property that they bought where these guys were witnesses in the intervening time. So again, using the example I gave before, if these two witnesses came on Rosh Chodesh Nisan and testified that somebody owes somebody money, and on Rosh Chodesh Iyar, in the meantime, during the month of Nisan, they gave other testimony on other things, and Rosh Chodesh Iyar, and, and people use them as witnesses because they thought they're good witnesses. Rosh Chodesh Iyar turns out that the testimony of the given Rosh Chodesh Nisan was a, an edut muzemet. Rava says that all the people who use them during the rest of the month of Nisan are going to lose. So in order to make sure that they don't lose, because they did the right thing, they used witnesses that we had a reason to think were good. In order to avoid that, we say, no, you're only invalid from this point on. From this point on, we all know their idioms only knows nobody's going to use them. Now, my benai, what's the difference between the first version of Rava and the second version of Rava? The first version of Rava, Rava essentially disagrees with Abaya here only practically. If you had two witnesses come and say about witness number one, you were with us, and another two witnesses come and say about witness number two, you were with us. Why? Um, or if the if the Adim Zomin were not Nifsal because of the second witnesses, but because of uh, testimony that they stole or something else. If you take Rava's first approach, which is to say that Adim Zomin is such a, an odd thing, because why believe these two over these two, that doesn't apply here. And in this case, we would say that Rava totally agrees with Avaye and validate them from the get-go. Because there is no Chiddush here. The idea that two people testify one is no good and another two testify one is no good, that makes sense. And, or if they, we invalidate them for some other reason. Uh, but, but the second version that says we're concerned about Pseidu Lekuchot, Ika, there's still that same concern because from the time that they gave the testimony that we now know to be tainted until we discovered uh, their, uh, their corruption, people might have used them as witnesses and it's pseudo de lukuchot. Now, Amar Yirmiyu Difti, Avara Papa Uvda Kavate de Rava, a Papa Pascha like Rava, and did not invalidate testimony back to the date of the bad testimony. Avashi Amar Hilchot Kavate de Abaye. 
Rashi said, nonetheless, we rule like Abaye, This is one of the six famous cases where Abaye and Rava disagreed, and the Halacha follows Abaye there. Yal Kigam, Yerushalamidat, and Elim Zomin right here, and Lechi, and Kiddushin Shalim Sulabia, and Gilui Daita Begita, and Mumer Lateravon. Those famous six cases. Now, let's test the ruling in favor of Abaye against uh, against the evidence. Our mission of the first case. So you, if you uh, um, had Edim to the entire piece, both Geneva and Tzvich Mechira, and it turns out they're Edim Zomin, they have to pay everything. Now, aren't we talking about sequential testimony? Where two guys came and said he's a Ganav, he stole this animal, and then later they came and said, and now we can testify that he sold it or slaughtered it. Now, and there's now Hazoma independently about each thing, because after all, they saw the Gnev at one time, they saw the Tvicha at another time, so there's different witnesses coming and saying, Now, if you think that really we, we do like Abaye and invalidate them retroactively, then what happens? Now that we say that when they gave their first testimony, it was an Edut that was wrong, now it tells us that when they came a week later to say the guy stole it, sold it, or killed it, they were Edim Sulin at that point. Which means that they shouldn't pay at all. Because we now know that the testimony that they gave, they never should have been invited to give that testimony. And therefore they weren't really proper Edim at that time, so therefore they shouldn't have to pay. So uh, it seems to be a challenge to Abaye. So uh, the answer, the first answer we give is that first, people, uh, two witnesses come and say, how can you testify about the slaughtering you were with us? Well, where is that going to solve anything? Amri sof sof, agneva, later on, when there, there's a hazama on their first testimony of gneva, the same problem, which is that if, let's say, they testified about the gneva on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, and on Rosh Chodesh Iyar, they came and testified about the Tvicha, so you say that, oh, so the first thing that happens is on the 7th of ER, somebody comes along and says, how can you say that Rosh Chodesh ER, you saw them slaughter it, saw the guy slaughter it, you were with us, fine. But when a week later somebody comes and says, how can Rosh Chodesh Nisan, how could you have testified about the Geneva, you were with us, then that means that now we know that when they testified on Rosh Chodesh ER, they were pursuing We haven't gotten, we haven't really solved anything with that. <clears throat> Uh, the answer is unless that the way we read our case is that they testified about everything at once. They came and testified and said we saw the guy steal it, and then we saw the guy slaughter it, and then there's one hazama on the whole thing. Okay, and that's how Abaye would defend himself against the ruling of our Mishnah. Now, now there's no retroactivity to deal with because it's all one shot. So perhaps this entire issue of uh, of being posel and aid zomim l'mafreya is a machloka tanaim. So a brighter, just like our Mishnah, two guys testified to Gneva, the same two witnesses testified to Tvicha, Vuzam wala Gneva, and then they're Muzam about the Gneva, the entire Edut falls apart, and you got no testimony whatsoever. Now, Uzamu ala Tvicha, however, if they're Muzam about the Tvicha, Humisham Tashulikev, Humisham Tashulikev, Shlosha. 
because you know there's nobody comes and testifies that you were with us when you at the time that you claim you saw him steal. So that part stands, but the tzvicha that falls apart. So therefore he has to pay the kefal because that Geneva, the the testimony of Geneva is there, and they have to pay him two or three um, based on the surplus. Now, Amrav Yossi, Rav Yossi then says, That split only applies to We don't know what that means. If it's one edut, the whole thing falls apart. doesn't matter which part of it gets muzam, it falls apart. Now, Now our question is, what did Rav Yossi mean when he said, I agree with you, it all falls apart. If you think that means two different groups, that means that means that it's one group but that has divided at different times. So then Rabbi Yossi came along and said, it all falls apart, meaning when one group gave testimony about one thing and later about the other thing, and when they testified about the Geneva, and then they testified the Tzvicha, when there's Hazama on the Tzvicha, that, that now they're muzam on everything. So why would you think they're muzam on everything? If you're going to say that two witnesses came and testified on one day about Geneva, and then a week later about Tvicha, or they say, we saw them on one day do Geneva and another day do Tvicha, and then there's there's Hazama on the Tvicha, why does that invalidate their testimony about the Geneva? It's a separate statement. So why would you say such a thing? Um... El Allah b'shteyudiyot. We have to interpret as follows: What does shteyudiyot mean? Beidut achad kein shteyudiyot, meaning one group in two testimonies. Meaning, when one group comes and says, first of all, Geneva, and a few days later they come and said Tvicha, or they come and say Geneva, and then they said, and a few days later we saw him do Tvicha. Two separate edut. But if they come in in one testimony, testify to the whole thing of the Geneva and the Tvicha, then indeed no. Then, um, then in such a case, we would say everybody agrees they do chumad lamitzatam at lakula. The savrua. Think about this. The kula yamatoch the dibur kadibur dami, and we assume right now that everybody agrees that if you say something and within toch de dibur, we'll talk about how long that is in a minute. You change your mind or you modify it, that it's all considered one utterance, and we accept the modification. Let's see how that works. So my love, b'hakim yipalgi, isn't this the machloka between the rabban and Rabbi Yossi and that brayta? The Rabbanans say you're only nifsal from here and on, and therefore if you gave, um, uh, and therefore they say even if you gave one testimony, uh, the second part of it is the only part that can be affected, and not, and not retroactively. And now since the Hazam is only from that moment on, you're only corrupted vis-a-vis the statement that you're nailed on, which is Atvicha. But you were never nailed on Geneva, therefore that's, that testimony stands, and therefore the guy has to pay kefal. And then Rabbi Yossi comes along and says, He holds like Abaye, the minute that they testify, we know that they're Pasul. So that means that if we're going to say the Muzam on the second half, then that means the whole thing falls apart. Why? Because after all, it's all one utterance. 
and we're assuming that that one utterance, because you said, yeah, they stole and they and they and they stole and the guy stole and the guy sold or the guy stole and the guy slaughtered and saw one statement, then if you're if part of it falls apart, the whole thing falls apart, unless you say that you only take it from the point of the statement that gets uh, nailed as an edut muzemet and everything beforehand still stands. Right, so that would be a way of saying, but this is of course a big challenge because to say that Abai and Rav are essentially replicating Machloka Tanaim doesn't make any sense. Why, why wouldn't Abai just say Aloha Kurbiosi and Rabbanan say Aloha uh, Rav can say Aloha Kurabanan? So the Amri, the answer is as follows. If indeed meaning anything that you make a statement and then you modify the statement, it's all considered one long statement, then the Kuliyama Lamafreya Nifsal, everybody would agree with Abai that it's Lamafreya. The machloket itself between Rav Yosef and Rabban is whether or not a statement that's modified within a couple seconds of the original statement works as a retraction. They say it's not the case. You gave testimony, and then a couple seconds later you said something else. That's two separate statements. So if you muzam out the second, it doesn't affect the first. Rav Yossi says, yes, it is. And therefore, if you muzam about the second, it's all one statement. Therefore, it breaks up the first two. Oh, wait a second. Does he really think that? If a guy has an animal and he wants to use it as a substitute for a korban, you're not allowed to do that. But tomorrow it does work, even though you're not allowed to do it. And he has an ola in front of him and a shlamim in front of him. And he points to this animal and says, This is a tmurat ola tmurat shlamim. Hareza tmurat ola de vereya. Or mayor says, Tfos lashon rishon. You always grab the first statement. And therefore, it's tmurat ola. We ignore the tmurat shlamim. Rabiosi, our Rabiosi Omer, im lachach nikavain vitchila, if you really wanted to make it a mixed breed, impossible. Since you can't say two words at one time, he did the best he could. Tvarav Kayamin, it works, and it's an Ola and a Shlamim, and you have to be poded and buy an Ola with it and a Shlamim with it, etc. Right? But if, on the other hand, he said Tvarat Ola, and then he changed his mind, um, and, uh, and said, no, rather Shlamim, and that's what, what, how we interpret what he, why he changed it, then, uh, we'll stay with Rebeir's opinion, which is that you can't change your mind. And we said, wait a second, it's clear, if you change your mind, it's too late. What he meant, Rebeir also meant, was even if you changed your mind, you said, and nonetheless, is not considered one dibur, and it's as if you already said, and you're locked into that, what you say later doesn't work. So you see that Rabbi Yossi does not accept Tochtach de Dibur as being Kedibur. So I'm ready to answer this following. Trey Tochtach de Dibur Havi. There's two standards of Tochtach de Dibur. Chad Kereshila Talmud Lorav. How long it takes a student to greet his Rabbi, which is Shalom Alacha Moriva Rabbi. Four words. Chad Kereshila Shila Tarav Talmud. And the other is a Rabbi greeting a student, which is two words. So Kilei Le Rabbi Yossi Kereshila Talmud Lorav. Shalom Alacha Rabbi Mori. When does Rabbi Yossi say that, that a, uh, a gap that is still talking to Dibur is still a big gap and makes for two separate utterances? That's when the gap is long enough for a student to greet his teacher, Shalom Alacha Rabbi Mori, which is long. Uh, 
But Rabbi Yossi agrees that if the only gap is toch is toch de dibur is enough for a teacher to greet a student, shalom alacha, that's short, and that is considered one dibur. So they're going back. We said that Rabbi Yossi in the Mishnah in Tmura is talking about a long toch de dibur. If you said Tmurat Ola, waited a few seconds, said no, Tmurat Shlamim, it's too late, because that was Kadeshi Ilat Rav Tamid Larav. But in our case, of the case of the Hazama, you said he stole, and within Tochde Dibor, the amount it takes a teacher to greet a student, Shalom Alacha, you then said he, he, um, he, uh, slaughtered, and your Muzam on the second half, the whole thing falls apart, because it's Tochde Dibor, Kedibor Dami. Okay, we'll pick it up, and we're going to continue to discuss, uh, the issue of, uh, Edut, uh, Edim Zomim. Uh, and I'll find you all in the next podcast. In the meantime, everyone should have a wonderful day.